Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, you can still take part in our survey. So it's still available for a few more days. It's a listener analysis. So it's all about what your opinions are on the podcast. And it's important research that hopefully we will be able to um, feed back to you guys again and to be able to give you the results. So if you haven't had a chance, then you can find the link to the survey on our homepage. Um, It's also available on our social media. So you can get that on Instagram, uh, conversations.equinescience, Facebook, conversations in equine science, or if you follow myself or Nancy on LinkedIn or on Twitter, we've also shared the links there. This week, Nancy and I are looking at a paper called Journeys Together, Horses and Humans in Partnership. And this is by Linda Burke and Joanna Hockenhull. And the idea behind this paper was to investigate essentially the relationship between horses and humans. So many people that are living with companion animals hope for good relationships, and that's based on trust, mutuality, and cooperation. And relationships do develop from mutual actions, so between the horse and the human. But often the role of the horse within that relationship is overlooked. We just presume they'll behave a certain way or they'll follow a certain format. So this was a study of horse-human dyads using a multi-method approach, and it intended to include the horse as a participant in it. So what they wanted to ask was, can good relationships be observed? especially when the pair know each other well, so the human and the horse. Um, Could they study familiar and unfamiliar pairs? And could these familiar and unfamiliar pairs negotiate simple obstacles to explore qualities of cooperation? So would the horse cooperate as equally with the person it's familiar with as with the person it's unfamiliar with? And then there was interviews carried out as well with the human participants to try and get perceptions of the horse's personalities and of how they reacted. So it was a really interesting study. And in essence, it basically found that familiar pairs, so where you've been working with your horse for a period of time, um, were more mutually attentive. So mutually is the human was as attentive to the horse as the horse is to the human. Both were less tense and they showed less resistance. They were also, which I thought was really interesting, more coordinated. So if you know your horse really well, it is that thing, and they mention it in this too, about um, is a good horsemanship, Nancy, where you just get that feeling. I can't remember exactly how they worded that. Yeah, I think it's kind of like just being in sync. And I always think of like synchronized swimming in the Olympics, how it's really neat to watch when every participant 
is in sync with the next teammate and they do that and that's how some of these familiar horses were with their handler and um, they had a lot of these had only been together what five years was it was the minimum requirement so I mean five years I read one research paper where they said a horse really isn't considered to be in relationship with an owner until at least two years so I I always remember that kind of struck me because sometimes after a few months you think you're in sync with that horse but Mm -hmm. research had showed it's 24 months and then the horse seems to have accepted you and you the horse and you seem to be working well together but um, I think it's learning to read each other's body language and know the behavior of the species so you can anticipate their action or reaction whatever it may be And there's a sentence that I love that's in this paper. So um, it says, so while familiarity may famously breed contempt, it can also breed ways of adjusting to each other. Mm. So knowing your horse and being around your horse all the time, you will move in certain ways depending on your horse. And I always think of when we kept my mare in a riding stables, she used to get annoyed when she was being tacked up. So you'd move around her in a certain way and you'd never get bitten because she liked to try and catch all your clothes um, (laughs) quite often. (laughs) But because it was a riding stables, there would be other people that would be there too. And occasionally, you know, it would get back like, oh, B has bitten someone the other day or she bit someone again today. And it was just they didn't understand how to move around her or even how to work with her and how to tack her in a way that, she allows it so it really it doesn't matter how experienced you are and that's a point they make in this paper irrespective of how experienced the person is with horses the more familiar you are with that horse the more in tune you're going to be with each other and almost respect each other's boundaries yeah I agree with you Kate that really stuck out at me about making those adjustments because as they pointed out the familiar hor- the familiar owners and horses it wasn't always good times but they seemed to be able to adjust and make those little changes that enabled them to coordinate together and to accept each other's um, I guess it might be called weaknesses or strengths however you want to look at it but that was interesting too because we all know it's not always a cakewalk with these horses. Yeah and what was cool in this paper was they mentioned how people um, can synchronize and the ways they gave examples was And you see this on the street, you know, when there's people walking towards you and they're in stride. So they're leading, they're both leading with their left leg or both leading with their right. Their arms might be swinging in unison as well. Or when people wave at each other, they can end up synchronizing the wave without realizing. So hands are actually matching each other. But that when you mix in another species, like a non-human species, you end up not being able to replicate this um, syncrasy. 
Yet horses can get close to doing it. They can somewhat synchronize with humans, but the familiarity is necessary for them to be able to do that. And if a human is familiar with the horse and the horse is familiar with the human, they found that even things like leading them around the obstacle course, the person isn't looking at the horse as much and the horse isn't looking as much at the person because they almost just know where they are in each other's space. And you're leading the horse and you can feel where they are. You don't feel like you need to be moving certain ways or double checking things because it becomes natural, I guess. Yeah, they said the unfamiliar uh, people were always looking back at the horse, checking where they were. So they were not even work uh, walking side by side. It seemed like the unfamiliar person a lot of times was in front having to look back and that's not necessarily being in sync you know and the unfamiliar people were familiar with horses just not these ones yeah yeah and then the whole uh, paper is set up I really like the way they set it up because so often we can't measure relationship feelings or reactions or behaviors so they had 21 participants with 21 horses and they kind of put the familiar together and then they took owners from the other horses and put them with the not you know the horse they weren't familiar with so it was kind of neat the way they set it up Um, they had three venues so they had a private yard that had two horses lived there and then they shipped in four horses to there and then they had three stables and there were five horses each that's how you get the 21 participants and then the uh, humans all had horse experience as Kate said and then um, the horses ages were two to 24 years various breeds and then there were six mares and 15 geldings now the neat thing is they videotaped each interaction through this somewhat of a, like a maze or a, a, what would you call it? It was, it was kind of like a maze because you had the double L to go through and then you had cones that were like a gate and then they had cones that you went around and then they had um, three gates uh, to the left, to the center, to the right, and then they trotted the horse in hand back to the start and then um, they had 36 observers that watched the video and made their comments and then they had 20 additional observers that graded the um, trust confidence the cooperation the working together Um, the listening and the paying attention, and then the relaxed versus tense. And they graded those on a scale of one to five. Now, those graded uh, remarks were compared to the 36 observations, and then those were compared to the interviews of the horse handlers. So those 20 um, one to five people who rated this that was the control group I thought you know that's pretty good and everything ended up confirming the other segment so I think 
that's the closest I've ever seen of, of a relationship being able to be measured. And they took some stills from the video as well, which they put in to show an example of the handlers and the familiar and the unfamiliar walking them. And I thought that was a great addition because this is open source. Um, there, it depends on, we can put the link for the open source because I think there's different um, sites that host this paper and some you do need access to get into, but I believe it's on ResearchGate, which is open. Yeah. But in, in the picture examples, what I love is in the first picture, it's a chestnut gelding and it's just walking shoulder to shoulder with the handler and its head is kind of turned in and it's got this relaxed stance and it just looks so pleasant. And then the picture below, I have been that person where <laughs> she is like ahead of the horse, looking back, almost like pleasing with it to do what she's asking. <laughs> And I genuinely believe I have one of the most stubborn mayors out there, but I, I love her for it. But so often that was me being like, just walk through the gate. Come on, you can do it. You know, I've had thoroughbreds to the paddock for saddling where we took out every shrub that was up there. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it happens. And I thought the pictures were excellent because it, you could really observe and see the relationship in that chestnut and that owner. And so I hope uh, the link I put up is open access. I think it is. It's through Brill.com because looking at the pictures, it made me realize that sometimes in my lessons or in my training or even in just my riding around the farm, I'm so focused on mechanics and positioning that sometimes I forget about the relationship. So it really struck me as maybe that's the key in our training with our horses is to work more on establishing that relationship and not be so compelled to always be perfect or to have our position perfect or are our hands perfect or whatever. So, I mean, I think if you have the relationship established, the rest kind of follows. Definitely. And there's a page on Instagram. I think it is the Willing Equine. I believe that they do like a positive reinforcement training, but that picture reminded me of that page because I, there's pictures on that page as well. Um, where the woman is working with chestnut horses, but it's using like treats and using thicker training. And you can see that same thing where the horse is just so in tune and so positively reacting towards the handler. Um, and I guess we probably forget that, you know, when your lives are busy and you're at a point where you're getting you know, to exercise them and make sure they're getting enough exercise. But yeah. doing some groundwork is so important. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a kind of a long winter. I mean, every winter, 
you think is, a, you know, you're ready to get riding again. You're ready for the mud season to be over. And we've kind of had a good week of weather. So I started uh, clipping the horses, bridle paths, working with them a little bit. So this paper really made me focus more on bringing them back into training and focusing more on my relationship with them. And I mean, I spend a lot of time with my horses, but um, in riding, I do tend to focus too much on uh, proper uh, technique and proper release. And while that all is important, reading this paper, and it was an easy read, um, you know, it's a long paper, it's like 20 pages, but it's a very, uh, makes some very good points about our relationship with animals and how we can enhance that. Definitely. Um, I think that was everything I had for this paper, Nancy. Did you have anything else? I've got one more point to make that I don't think um, I mentioned earlier, but um, those 36 observers and those the 20 additional, they, it was very apparent to them when that cooperative mutuality was expressed between horse and handler. And that's that means it's apparent to outsiders. So I remember I was at a boarding barn one time, I'm not boarding, but I was uh, judging or doing something for a horse show. And this teenager had her thoroughbred in the cross ties. And she was so mean to him and so bossy that it I still remember it and it's probably been 10 years ago. And I was just like, you know, I think if there's anything you can teach young people and young riders and even older riders, it's to consider the horse um, more as a partner versus a servant and work together with them and don't be so critical. And as this paper points out, adjust and mm -hmm. and be always be kind and it doesn't mean you have to let the horse run over you but you can be only as firm as what is necessary and i think that's the impo important um point that an outsider can tell and mm -hmm. you know there were what 20 plus 36 56 outsiders that all kind of matched on their observations and were able to hone in on those pairings that were unfamiliar versus familiar. I mean, I think that's pretty strong. And that's just reminded me, actually, I had highlighted this sentence from the point of the horse. They were saying, these are not animals that are simply plodding around at the behest of a human but they are mindful of how to read the human from moment to moment, mindful in moving and in being moved. I think sometimes we do, we're just trailing them about beside us or, you know, dragging them from behind. And we're not, we're switched off to the fact that they're actually being continuously mindful of what we're doing in our body language and our energy yeah. And we're just taking for granted that they're pausing along. So it was such a great paper. So well written, really nice read. Highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in this topic a bit further. Yep, I recommend it too. It kind of puts now 
horse human dyad into the social science realm. So that's kind of exciting. They've come up with an ethogram that they can actually measure this. And, and I think we'll see future papers come out on this. Hopefully. So this I meant to mention was a 2015 paper. Um, if we do come across any updates in the next year or so, we'll be sure to let you guys know. And if you do have any areas you'd like us to look into, even if it's just a broad topic, let us know. Um, don't be worried if you're not sure if we've covered it yet or not, or if you're a new listener. You can just always contact us on social media or send us an email and um, we'll look into it for you. Yeah, and don't forget you can leave a recording for us on Anchor on the homepage and uh, we'll play it on one of the episodes. Um, final point for those that are still listening, our survey is still running and thank you so much to those of you in the last week who have gone on and taken that survey. Um, every person who answers the survey is adding to the data set for the research Nancy and I are doing. So we really, really appreciate it. If you do have a chance, it just takes a couple of minutes and you can find that link in um, the bio on our Instagram, it's on our Facebook, it's on the Anchor homepage, the Spotify homepage, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, anywhere you can find me and Nancy, you'll find that link. That's so right. <laughs> please take a couple minutes if you can to fill that in. Okay, well, thanks, Kate, for joining in and we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.